My voice. 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 Broadcasting from high atop Essex Studios in Cincinnati, Ohio. 95.7 MRC wants you to know that your voice matters. 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 Me? That's right, you. Sharing interviews and stories by Cincinnati teens, giving them the chance to prove the power of one voice. This is Your Voice Matters. Make it hurt! Wait, now? Yep. Welcome to the first episode of Your Voice Matters. This show exists because we know teens are already great media makers and storytellers with important voices. But those voices can easily go unheard. We're here to give them some structure and a platform to be heard. The interviews and stories aired on this show are conducted and told by Cincinnati area teens. They're created while working with staff from the Music Resource Center in classrooms, workshops, and camps across the city. During these sessions, we teach them skills that develop digital media literacy. We also teach them interviewing, recording, and listening techniques. We hope you'll continue to join us on 95.7 MRC or subscribe to the podcast to hear more of these stories as our program grows. And now, our first story. Mikeisa recognizes the challenges her friend Nature had to overcome to reach the end of their senior year together. She sat down with Nature a few weeks before graduation to discuss those challenges. During their conversation, she learned about the resilience and support it took for Nature to make it this far, and how her experience has made her a stronger person. How was your childhood, Nature? I grew up in between Omaha, Nebraska, and New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, My childhood was a bit, it was rough between moving between my mom and then moving with my grandparents back to my mom, moving out here. I got eight older brothers and sisters. So, how did your brothers and sisters treat you? Like, how did you, what was your relationship like with your family? Being the youngest out of eight, I kind of didn't really, we didn't mesh well, because I'm the youngest, I usually got what I wanted from grandma and grandpa, so I don't, now I don't speak to none of my brothers and sisters, like, at all, I refuse. So basically, was you, like, the youngest child and everybody was jealous of your relationship with your grandparents, mm-hmm. or what? Basically, pretty much, yeah, because, like, my grandpa, my grandpa and grandma got me whatever I wanted when I said I wanted it. It was nature's way of the highway when it came to them, so it was, like, my older brothers and sisters just didn't agree with anything like they hated that I was getting more stuff than they did being that like they're I'm seven they're like 15 16 years old and they're not getting what they want but I'm getting what I want did you get good grades in school and stuff like that so they kind of kept you like being younger I've always been like one of the kids who like like to read like to do good in school like um getting straight A's being on a roll I was bad I was a bad kid like I was always in trouble but my grades didn't show that I was always in trouble what was your relationship like with your parents my mom and I don't have a relationship I don't acknowledge her as my mother neither do I my biological father he's someone who I do not appreciate in life at all so as a child were you and your parents close when you were younger no didn't really talk to anybody in the house and I didn't know who my father was until I was 12 um, when you turned 12 and you met your father, how did that come about? How did you meet him? Uh, the court gave my dad temporary custody of me, and then I moved out here to Cincinnati, and 
that's basically about it. Like, I didn't know who he was. We just, like, literally meeting a stranger off the street, not knowing anything about them. Still to this day, living, living here for five years, still don't know anything about my dad, so. Um, so you basically felt like you was living with a stranger? Mm. Indeed, absolutely. So living, when you moved down here to Cincinnati, how was it leaving your family and coming here? Like It was like the only thing that really impacted me was leaving my nephews and my nieces and my grandparents. Like that was about it. Like I hated not being around them. Because that's like, that's what kept, even as a 12 year old, that sounds weird. That's what kept me sane. With all that was going, when you got here with your father, did he financially help you? Knowing nah, that he had he custody, custody he of you? He didn't have a job. The only person that worked in the house was his wife. She worked at, like, a hospital or something. No. When you got to Cincinnati and you finally got to know your father, what was the most shocking thing that you experienced? That he was abusive. Like, I didn't think as a girl, and that's your father's supposed to be the person you idolize, supposed to be the man that you, that you're, you, the first man you fall in love with. I didn't think that he would be the one to hurt me the most in the five years that I've lived here and known him from 12 to almost eight turned 18 before I turned 18 like didn't know like oh that's that's my that's who my dad is my dad is this abusive man my dad's a a, a user one who uses women for money and stuff like that so do you feel like when you were younger not knowing your father it kind of damaged you um emotionally from trusting people no because being a younger kid before I moved out here it was just like to me my grandpa was my dad that's who I called. That's who I called dad. I called him papa, and then it was just like that's who I idolized as my father. I would introduce him not as my grandpa, but as my father. So then moving out here, it was just like a whole different view of things. It was just like, whoa, that's not what a man's supposed to be, and I've always known that. What would you say? What pushed you away from your father after the twelve years of, or since you was twelve years old? Why are you not living with your father now? Because he's abusive. I mean, he's hit me before plenty of times leaving bruises, but it was just like at one point, like, I just got fed up with it after you leave me with two black eyes and send me to school with it, not thinking people were going to ask questions. And that was just, like, my drawing point. And that was, like, the last straw of, like, I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm going to say something finally. What... Did he ever, like, tell you if you tell, I'll, like, I'll do something to you? Absolutely. It was, like, every time, like, if you go to school and you, you said, like, before we came, to, I came to school that Monday, that following Monday, if you say anything at school, I'm going to kill you. Like, and it just, it didn't really, after that time, him laugh, the last time, me seeing him, like, it didn't even put fear into my heart anymore. It was just, like, I don't care about what you do now because I'm going to say something because something has to be done because you're not going to continue to put your hands on me as my dad. How did you feel once you actually revealed the bad things that your father was doing to you? I felt a little bit of relief knowing that teachers in school and staff members at that, like, cared, genuinely cared about my well-being. You don't see that often in schools. You know, some teachers know about, like, kids getting abused and then not looking the other way, not wanting to get involved. So once you got your story out and everything happened, how was your school life? Like, how did people treat you at school? I mean, I've had plenty of I have friends who, like, like when I was staying in the youth shelter, bring me food and stuff that I wasn't eating when I was there. Lost about 15 pounds. Uh, and, but then after there was a news article that came out in the Enquirer about me um, just getting money for 
school so I can go at college without debt. Um, I've had students walk up to me and say, hey, are you still homeless? And how does it feel to be homeless and stuff like that? It, like, hurts my feelings, but... I don't really show it that much. I was like, there's too many times where I just want to break down and cry because people ask me questions like that. How did, what would you say, how did this build you? How did this experience make you into you and make you into the person that you are today? I don't let things like in my past kind of restrict who I am. And mm. so I just push past it as like, it, it only can make you stronger. It, it build me up to be the person, like the young woman I am today to just say, it is what it is, and I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep grinding and getting it because that's what I have to do. I have to be my own role model since I don't have one. Do you feel like you have issues that's holding you back now from from all the drama and the pain that you went through? Not anymore. I mean, I know I did. Like, I was struggling in school for, like, the last couple of months, like, the first semester, just trying to keep it together and not break down and not stress out about everything. But then, like... When you have those people, like per se, the women that, woman that I live with and her her family and teachers at school who are like pushing you to do great, it kind of makes me it makes me feel better. So it doesn't bother me as much. How did you meet the woman that you're living with now? The day I told everybody that what happened to me and my dad, I didn't know I didn't even know who she was. Mm. So within a 28 day span, her and I got closer, and I ended up moving in with her the day before my 18th birthday. Wow. So knowing that somebody that wasn't your family did all of the did all of those good things for you, how did that what and did it, that tell you? What did that it told me that family isn't always blood. Because mm-hmm. living with her and her husband and all of that, I called them mom and dad, like their kid is my little brother because I realized that when all of my, my situation happened with my with my father my biological mother couldn't be there for me. She didn't want to be there for me. Family members didn't care to be there for me. So it was like, that's a huge slap in the face. It's, I'm your blood and you don't, I'm your child and you don't want to do anything for me. And that a woman who I don't know from Adam is willing to literally, like, invite me in her, in her house not knowing anything about me, really. Mm. So being in this, okay, so being in this lady house that you have got to know over 28 days and that you see every day in school how have they been making you feel living there was it a big difference from where you what you remember or where you came from absolutely it was different it was different to see like no arguing no no pitting on anybody it was completely different it kind of freaked me out a little bit from even as a kid like though my mom and my stepdad didn't argue in the house around us it was still like weird to see just this calm relationship between the two of them and like if they're mad at each other or they're arguing like they actually talk it out there's no there's no you get on my nerves like this no so fussing and cussing like it was just different so being there how would you how would you like rate their, your relationship with the family that you live with now on a scale of 1 to 10 I give it a 10 being that we can talk about anything like if I'm feeling a certain way about how being that I call them mom and dad, that's exactly what they ask, act as as parents to me. And even though I'm 18 years old, I do have a curfew on school days. And it's like, even if something's bothering me, I can go, "Hey, this is what this is what's on my mind. This is how I feel about this situation," and it not be a big deal. 
What's the family name that you live with again? The last name of the family? Uh, year out. Okay, so would you consider yourself as a year out child now? Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's good. Um, well, uh, with everything that has happened, how do you feel about going to college? Like, how do you feel about being alone, going to college, and doing everything on your own? Do you I'm, feel like you prepared? I feel like I'm so unprepared to go to college and be have that freedom of not of not having a curfew and not eating whatever I want to eat. And it's it's kind of scary, but like I know I'll I'll do fine with it because that's just me, and I go through I can do whatever I feel like it, and I can get through everything even without the help of others. But then, even though I'm going to college and have this freedom, like I know that if I needed something or if I'm like just don't want to do anything, like I have somebody to call and be like to get me back in line and go, nature, this is you need to do this. This is for you. So what what would you like to major in? political science does that tie in into the to the life that you live now what made you want to go into political science um if i can become a politician or just someone and with law uh i know i would love it if i could change like, a lot of the laws in our system because let's just face it like the hamilton county's court system and stuff like that it's very flawed it's horrible things are just not as up to par as they should be yes i, I agree I agree. Well, everybody, this is Nature Scurry. She has one of the best stories. She is a phenomenal person. My name is Mikeisa McCoy, and we'll talk to you guys later. Thank you so much to Mikeisa for doing such a thoughtful interview with her friend, and thank you so much to Nature for sharing her story, and we wish you both the best of luck in college or whatever you're pursuing now that you've graduated. Also for this episode, we need to thank Ms. Diane Rowland at Withrow High School, who let us teach our workshop in the uh, last month of her senior dual enrollment English class at Withrow High School. Thanks especially to you for listening. We hope you'll return from week to week as more teens make their voices heard right here on 95.7 MRC. Your Voice Matters is made possible by the generous support of ArtsWave and the William P. Anderson Foundation. Our stories are produced by Cincinnati area teens with editing and production assistance from MRC Program Director Josh Elstro, as well as other MRC staff and volunteers. Our theme music was written and performed by the Agoraphobes and was recorded at the Music Resource Center. If you're a teen in the Cincinnati area looking to make your voice heard through radio programs like this or by producing your own original music, please visit mrccincy.org for more information about how you can get started.